I'm Angie Robertson, and you're listening to Spirit-Led Life, Episode 4. you mean three people in one? Three different persons? One person? It's so confusing. In today's episode, we are going to explore the Godhead, also known as the deity or the Trinity or triune God. We'll take the mystery out of all of this. So let's go to the show. Today, we're going to talk about the Godhead, Trinity or triune God. Why is it important to understand? Well, if you've listened to the previous episodes of this podcast, I've said it many times that when we know who God is, we know who we are. I love what Dr. Scott Horrell of Dallas Theological Seminary says, understanding who God is will define why you and I exist, who we are as persons, and how we may most be fulfilled individually and in relation to other persons, the natural world, and most of all, our creator. We started with the basics in previous episodes on who God is, and in this episode, we're going to talk about all three persons of the Godhead. So we have a full picture of the Trinity. Let's start with how the Trinity is viewed in various religions. We see different focuses on one person of the Trinity. Many evangelicals today highlight Jesus as a savior and a relatable member of the Godhead, while Pentecostals focus on the role of the Holy Spirit. And Catholics, they may elevate Mary as the maternal sympathizer and role model for the Christian life. However, God the Father plays an invaluable and personal position in the functional acts of the Godhead. I believe that many religions ignore certain aspects of the Trinity because, well, it's difficult to explain. I mean, at the start of this episode, we talked about God in three persons. The Trinity is one, and yet they are three persons. To our natural human minds, this makes zero sense. I mean, we are one person and there aren't three of each human, although my husband begs to differ sometimes. Let's take a look at scripture to see how this Trinity is defined. Now, in many translations of the Bible, the word Trinity or triune isn't used. The translation is Godhead, but Trinity comes from the Latin word Trinitas, meaning three or triad. And while the word Trinity isn't found in the Bible, it does accurately describe God. There's also a Greek word, trios, which means set of three or the number three. Again, accurately describes the Trinity. So we can first see Godhead used in Romans 1.20, and this is the King James Version. And most of the time when you see the word Godhead, it is in the King James translation. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. We also see it in Acts 17, 29, for as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device. And Colossians 2, 9, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now that we've looked at the scripture as to where Godhead is referenced, let's kind of dive in a little bit more into each person of the Trinity. And I want to start with, we're going to start with God. And I know for some of us, that's a difficult 
thing to comprehend. I mean, the whole Trinity is difficult to comprehend in and of itself because it's three persons, but it's one. It's one of the pastors I've referenced before, Joby Martin, he talks about you just can't explain the Trinity. It's it's in, almost impossible for the human mind. And some people think that they can explain it and then they're wrong. So we're going to do the best to explain it. I'm not going to try to explain what having three persons in one means, but we're going to definitely talk about the Trinity and like each person of the Trinity just separately so that we can understand them a little bit better. And I would first want to start out with, sometimes it's very difficult for us to connect with God the Father, and that can come along from our relationship to our Heavenly Father. So I did a, a session one time, um, and in that session, the person was explaining to me that when we think about the, our relationship with the Trinity, the God, God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, it can also represent our earthly representation. Now, this is not in the scriptures. This is just kind of an observation and how we view things. But they likened God the Father to our own earthly father. So if you have a very distorted view of your earthly father, it's no wonder your relationship with the godly father is going to be difficult or strained or non-existent at best. I know for me, it was hard for me to see God as my father because my earthly father was an alcoholic. Um, he left us, you know, like he he and my mom divorced and he wasn't around. And then he passed away when I was in my, a senior in high school. So my relationship with a father figure was very strained. And then to expect God to step into that role and be my father was even more strained to me because I just couldn't see him that way. So it was very difficult. So it took a lot of healing and trust and really allowing God to love me in order for that relationship to change. And I think that many people can have that same kind of distorted view of God because of their earthly father relationship. The other thing that the the person I was working with said is that Jesus represents a sibling. And so for me, I've got a little bit of a dynamic there. I have two older brothers, but because my parents divorced when we were so young and I lived with my mom, my brothers went and lived with my father, I was raised as a, as an only child, basically. We very rarely spent time together as a family. My parent, my dad moved up north and my mom and I moved south. And so, you know, finances were strained. We didn't get to visit very often. And so I pretty much was raised as a only child. So to see Jesus as a sibling figure, I could understand where I have two older brothers. One of my relationships with my brother is excellent. The other relationship, I don't even really know my other brothers. So I have this really unique experience of only child and then a strained relationship and then a great relationship. So my relationship with Jesus played out very interesting in that way because of my kind of sibling relationships. I had to, again, really rectify that, that Jesus is closer than a brother and he is my best friend. And it was a little easier for me to bridge that relationship and to heal that relationship because I do have such a love for my brothers and especially, you know, one of them that I am very close with. So it was a little easier to bridge that relationship. And the last one is the Holy Spirit is a representation of our mother. 
and our relationship with our mother here on earth. And again, I just haven't had the uh, best relationships with a family. We I have a very strained relationship with family, but mother, again, that was a very difficult one for me because my mother represented um, very, she was very independent. She is very, taught me to be very independent. Having a relationship with my mom has is, is been on a roller coaster of, of sorts. And having a relationship with the Holy Spirit used to be the same. But now that I've healed that relationship with the Holy Spirit, I have a much stronger relationship with Him. And so while my earthly mother relationship is still strained, I can still have a connection with my heavenly Holy Spirit relationship that resides within me. So all that to say that if you have some area where, you know, if you have a hard time relating to God, you have a hard time relating to Jesus or the Holy Spirit, or maybe all three, take a look at your earthly relationships with your family and see if there's anything that might be influencing that relationship that you may need to heal and seek more of God on to heal that relationship. Because our earthly relationships are not a representation of our heavenly relationships. It should be the opposite. And But again, we're human. We're flawed. We need Jesus. And so our relationships on earth are going to be strained, and it's just part of, of life, unfortunately. But that doesn't mean that our relationships with the triune God have to be strained. We can actually have a healed, intimate, loving trusting relationship with him. Now let's break down each person of the Trinity. We're going to start with God. And usually if you see any reference, you'll see maybe a pyramid or something to that effect. But we always, you know, God's always first, then Jesus, then Holy Spirit. It just kind of seems to be that way. If you listen to episodes two and three, we learned about the attributes of God to understand more of who he is and his character. And while the Father is not greater or lesser than the Son or the Holy Spirit, He plays a unique role in the interaction of the Godhead with creation. God the Father is the divine source and creator of all things. He is the Father of life. He distributes that life to all creation through the Son and the Spirit. And He is the sovereign ruler, and all things are subject to His righteous reign, which He shares with the Son and the Spirit. He is the holy judge who will bring to justice all things in opposition to his divine nature. And with the Son and the Spirit, he will weigh everything against his perfection and administer holy judgment. He is the compassionate reconciler who calls his creation to salvation, forgives sins, and justifies those who believe to make them sons and daughters, their fellow heirs with Christ. And lastly, it is God the Father that all things will return to. And I didn't want to, you know, dwell too much because we had spent the last few episodes on the character of God. I just kind of that kind of wraps up and explains a little bit more about the Godhead. Let's talk about Jesus. Jesus is God the Son. He's the Word of God incarnate. He was born of the Virgin Mary, and at that moment, he emptied himself of his heavenly glory to become both fully man and fully God. And as God incarnate, he lived a sinless life and was put to death for the sins of the world. 
after his burial on the third day, which I always find very interesting that it was on the third day. There's the triune God, the Trinity, the third day. He rose from the grave, and now he sits at the right hand of the Father. His sacrifice justifies the believer and makes reconciliation to the Father possible. A sinless man may die for another, but a God-man dies for the sins of all people. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Savior and Redeemer. Jesus is God, just as the Father is God, not lesser or greater. He performs miracles that only God can do. He forgives sins. He accepts worship. In every interaction with creation, Jesus reveals himself as the Son of God. He is obedient to the Father out of love and mutual submission, but he is no less God than the Father. And it is through Jesus, by the power of the Spirit, that creation is reconciled to the Father. The Son is God, the Son is Jesus the Christ, and the Son is worthy of praise and worship. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit. If you mention the Holy Spirit, a lot of people become uncomfortable. And he seems enshrouded in mystery. He's been called the Holy Ghost, which really freaks people out because they think ghosts are something evil or whatever. However, Scripture demystifies the Spirit and reveals him as an equal and unique person of the Trinity. The Bible reveals the Spirit as demonstrating intelligence, expressing emotions, and conveying a personal will separate but in harmony with the Father and the Son. He is the other counselor with Jesus. He possesses all the divine attributes of God, and he is no greater or no less than the Father or the Son. He has proceeded from both the Father and the Son for all eternity. His presence is witnessed at creation, and he is the inspiration of Scripture. He is the Spirit who empowered the virgin birth of Jesus. It is a Spirit who restores and indwells the Christian, maturing the believer into Christ-likeness. And we can see this in Scripture in John 16, 7-14. It says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. It is the spirit who is building each believer into temples of the living God. He is the giver of spiritual gifts, which I'll share more about in upcoming episodes, and I'm really excited to share more. He produces the fruit of the Spirit. And it's not fruits with a plural S. It's fruit. It's one fruit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Within each believer, he produces that. He is not a ghost to be frightened of or a force to wield, but rather an equally divine member of the one triune God. The Spirit is God, and the Spirit is worthy of praise, worship, and obedience. So that's an explanation of the triune God. 
And before I wrap up this week's episode, and I give you this week's HPS challenge, Heavenly Positioning System Challenge, make sure to follow and share this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. I'd love it if you would consider leaving a kind review so others can find us. The more that more of you that leave a review or follow us, the more others will be able to follow us as well. So I really appreciate if you would just take a few minutes to do that. So let's wrap up. Through the Father, creation witnesses a creator, a lover, a righteous judge, and a compassionate ruler. Through the incarnate Son of Jesus Christ, creation sees the perfect representation of obedience, compassion, grace, mercy, forgiveness, sacrifice, and love. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, creation is awakened to the Father's calling and restored to life by accepting the Son's sacrificial obedience. These are distinctive roles performed by unique persons of the one Godhead. The Father calls creation back to a relationship with Him. The Son justifies and makes the believer right before God. And the Spirit matures the believer into Christ's likeness. So I hope that helps you to really understand the Trinity or the Triune God or the Godhead, the Deity more, so that you understand how that operates in your life and how that works. Again, the purpose of understanding God more is so that we understand who we are more and we can be more effective in this earth being a part of God and understanding him more and being in relationship with more and being more intimate with him. So for this week's heavenly position system challenge, take out your journal and spend at least 15 minutes in a quiet space if possible. And I want you to examine your view of each member of the Trinity. In the last few episodes where we learned about the attributes of God You had the challenge to examine your view of God, and we learned the attributes to shed any truth to any false beliefs you might have had. I want you to explore your views of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. What did you learn from today's episode that shed truth on any false beliefs you might have had? Where are you intimidated about the Holy Spirit? And what are your views now? And don't worry, I'll put these questions in the show notes so you have them but take a few some time to really do that. It helps to build, when you do these challenges, it helps to build your understanding and knowledge of God and your intimacy of God and allows the Holy Spirit to start doing his work in you, which is to perfect you as a believer. Now, in the next episode, we will talk about how we are made in God's image and God designed us in three parts as well. I know I mentioned this in the last part of episode three that we were going to talk about the triune of God and man. And the triune of God just was so meaty that I needed to spend a whole episode on that. So in the next episode, we're going to talk about the triune and how God made us in three parts. And we'll look at all those three parts in much more depth and how each of those parts has more depth to them as well. Now, as I close, I want to leave you with this scripture that sums up what we've learned today and the purpose of the Trinity. And it's found in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. And be sure to tune in each week 
so we can learn together how to have a spirit-led life.